Turning on the Bar Review Podcast. My name is Jake, and this is a show where I get drunk and I tell you about the law. Today I'm drinking an Old Hickory Brewery Hefeweizen, and the topic today was referenced in the very first episode. We have reached the fire swamp that is the Federal Rules of Evidence number 403. We did it, y'all. We made it. And you'll find this under the Federal Rules of Evidence, and this rule of evidence says that even if your evidence is relevant to the fucking case, we're excluding it because fuck you. The rule says that the court may exclude relevant evidence if its probative value is substantially outweighed by a danger of one or more of the following. Unfair prejudice, confusing the issues, misleading the jury, undue delay, wasting time, or needlessly presenting cumulative evidence. But what the fuck does that mean? It means that although your evidence is relevant, it's going to be, or it can be, excluded if its probative value is substantially outweighed by one of those fucking things in that list. So let's break them down. But first, we got to figure out what the fuck probative value means. And in the evidence context, that it means it has a tendency to prove a certain fact. And so the next consideration is that the probative value needs to be substantially outweighed by whatever fucking reason you pick out of the rule. It's not enough that the probative value slightly outweighs the unfair prejudice because anything that you bring against a defendant, it's going to be a little prejudicial to their perspective. It needs to grossly outweigh the probative value. So it ends up being a balancing test done by the judge. So you got to argue hard whatever side you're on. If you're throwing out that objection, you put on some fucking tears, you paint a Bob Ross picture about how the probative fucking value is substantially outweighed by the unfair prejudice to your fucking client. And if you're getting this objection, you slip the fucking opposing counsel some side eye and you argue that the standard is that it needs to be substantially outweighed by the probative value. And that word substantial means that it's a high bar that they need to exclude the evidence. And so let's go through the list. You have dangers of unfair prejudice. So that's if it may lead the jury to commit prejudicial error on an improper basis. And you have confusion of the issues. So maybe the jury will give more weight to a piece of evidence that is way more than it's actually worth. Or maybe the jury just goes fucking rogue and doesn't follow a limiting instruction on how the evidence should be used in the first place. Maybe it misleads the jury, or considerations of undue delay, wasted time, presentation on cumulative evidence. So if you're just wasting time about like a case on a bus crashing, we don't need testimony from all 30 fucking people who were in the bus. After the first people, we get what happened in the bus. We're not trying to be here all day, so don't bore the jury, the judge, the opposing counsel with some repetitive bullshit. So let's run through some examples. First one, you got the Joker on trial for loading a boat in Gotham Harbor full of cannolis with bombs in them, and only one bomb explodes, but nobody's injured. The prosecutor in the case wants to introduce testimony from the passengers who saw the Joker walk off the boat just before it embarked. The defense counsel for the Joker stands up and objects on four or three grounds saying, it's been stipulated that the Joker was on the boat, so the testimony's probative value is gonna be outweighed by the time wasted in some unfair prejudice to the Joker. How's the judge gonna rule? Well, let's run through all the parts of 403. Do we have wasted time here? Well, it depends how many passengers are going to testify and whether or not each of them are going to provide new information or whether it's the same shit over and over again. Is there unfair prejudice here? 
Probably not. I mean, it's obviously prejudicial that they're going to testify against him, but it's not unfairly prejudicial. And do those excuses substantially outweigh the probative value? I don't think we've hit that substantial portion yet. But what about the stipulation? Maybe there's something here. If you stipulate to the fact they're trying to prove in the testimony, then it may look better with the jury to not have a live witness on the stand, because maybe they'll get emotional and they'll say some shit that makes your client look bad. So stipulating, it may be a better option strategically. So, with the stipulation, I think it outweighs the probative value, but I don't think it substantially outweighs the probative value. So the judge is going to make that determination, but it's worth making the objection anyways. And so the second example is that Roy Moore is arrested for many counts of indecent liberties with minors. And in the trial, the prosecution seeks to introduce photographic evidence that he, as an adult, signed the yearbook of a girl going to high school, as well as evidence that he hid some sweet Alabama weed inside that first edition of the King James Bible. The defense counsel, Foghorn Leghorn, stands up and says, oh, Well, I said, I said, I object, your honor, on 403 grounds. These are highly prejudicial to my client and provide little probative value in today's case. Well, what's the judge going to say to Mr. Leghorn? So he objection to two different pieces of evidence, so let's roll through them. First, the picture of the yearbook. The signature is creepy as fuck, and creepy as fuck evidence is definitionally prejudicial to Roy Moore. But, is that shit unfairly prejudicial? Nah. As an adult, he signed the yearbook of a teenager. You can say that shit was in the 60s all you want, but that shit is still creepy in bell-bottoms. Second, the evidence of the weed in the King James Bible. This is actually unfairly prejudicial because it provides little probative value to the case of indecent liberties. Unless they needed to prove that he used the weed to lure teenagers in his rape mobile, it's going to be excluded. Because in Alabama, a jury would likely view him as a heathen who smokes the devil's lettuce. And it would confuse the jury. He's a pedophile, not a drug lord. And so when we go into how to study this, remember that it's a balancing test and there's a good way to argue either way. And whenever you have one of those in law, you have plenty of room to argue. So don't shout at the judge and then he can shove the probative value up his ass. Just make a good argument. So thanks for joining me today on the Bar Review Podcast. I've been drinking an old Hickory Brewery Hefeweizen. I love beer. It's great. And that shit was the law.